Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf. I have with me Jake. Hello. And Krista. Hello. And today we're doing the Summer Overview podcast. So it's now September 8th, 2019, and summer is still technically here, but, you know, unofficially summer is over. And uh, we're just going to go over the movies that came out this summer and, you know, what our actual thoughts are. Now that we have a little bit of space in between them, you know, so... Um, let's start things off with the unofficial start of summer, which was Avengers Endgame. Now, Krista has not seen this, so we won't go into too much into this. But, Jake, do you still love Endgame? Yeah. I mean, I'm pissed at Sony, but that doesn't affect my love of uh, of the movie. I'm just now, it's like we lost Iron Man to bring back a character that Marvel can't use anymore. So, I still love Endgame. Um, it just about to, it just came out on Blu-ray. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, my copies are, are coming across the ocean, so I should get it any day now. Yeah, I, I really feel like even though it's three hours long, like I'm totally fine watching them again and again. And you know, it mm-hmm. just it works. It's one of those movies that I want to watch over and over again. Um, you know, I, I still, I was the one that was like not exactly perfect, and it's still not exactly perfect, but I still love it. You know. Oh, it's um, it's not perfect, but it's perfect for me. So let's uh, go into May. So May, the first three D movie was Detective Pikachu. Now, um, did we all watch this? I did. No. Um, so, Jake, what do you think of Detective Pikachu? The what you did see of it? <laughs> yeah, well, it was um, okay, um, not great. It'll probably after merch, home video, uh, streaming, and television rights, it'll probably break even. Now we got some numbers, right, Jake? Uh huh. So, how much did it cost to make Detective Pikachu? Uh, 150 million. And then you want to throw another 100, give or take, uh, for marketing, maybe 150. So about 300, give or take. Yeah, so a movie really needs to make three times its budget to uh, make everybody whole who worked on it. Because uh, uh, the studios get a lot less of the foreign gross than they do of the domestic. And uh, domestic gross is about 145 or so million, and uh, foreign gross is about 287 million. So worldwide, it's made about 430 million. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a little short of three times. But they're they're also going to sell streaming rights. They had merch, so I think it's close enough to three times. That with the other gravy, uh, it'll get by by the skin of its teeth. 
and you know the the Pokemon franchise has been around for over twenty years, mm-hmm. so it's not going anywhere. And I think they're already planning for a sequel or for a mainline Pokemon game, uh, Pokemon game movie. Um, yeah, I figure we will see a Pokemon movie. I don't know if we'll see a sequel to this. Um, I liked it. I gave it a six, and I just kind of, you know, felt like it was hard to detach. Um, Ron Reynolds from Deadpool, um, and it was just kind of, I don't know, a lot of the jokes were really, really into Pokemon fans, and it just was kind of weird to me. Um, Jake, what did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was fine. I kind of thought it was like a Fisher-Price Blade Runner. <laughs> um, I think the Pokemon looking different really threw me off. Like, Pikachu is so gorgeous. But like so many other Pokemon, look really weird out of place and don't look like they belong in the universe. You know, like Pikachu is totally fine, and I probably think they should have just done half the amount of Pokemon. You know, did a Thanos snap and cut them in half, and you know the half that were there are much better rendered instead of having so many Pokemon that are just kind of iffy. You know, yeah, that's what brought me out of the movie. I think it was just. So many iffy-looking Pokemon there, just like, that doesn't look like it could exist. You know, even in this world, it doesn't make sense. Like, Pikachu looks like a cat. That makes sense. But other things, it's like, I don't know what the hell that's supposed to look like. You know, it doesn't really work. But it's fine. Um, So, yeah, Detective Pikachu is definitely going to continue on. Um, So let's move on to Aladdin. Everyone watch this? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Krista, you reviewed Aladdin. How do you feel about it a few months later? Um, I think it's still one of the better movies of the summer, honestly. But um, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's going to have like a lasting impression. I think still people are going to remember the animated movie more fondly than the live action movie. But I, I still felt like the live-action movie was good. Yeah. So Jake actually recorded a Patreon-only podcast review of Aladdin. So for everyone else, Jake, what are your thoughts of Aladdin? Uh, I actually like this more than the original. But I, can, I'm, I can see that. I, by saying that, though, I'm kind of damning it with faint praise because I don't like the original at all. <laughs> uh, and I'm the first to admit Part of it, I'm colored because I grew, my, my opinion of it is colored by growing up in the Middle East. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, this is, this move, the original is a little, is a wee bit racist. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, on a scale of one to ten of, of racism, it's a one. So I don't think it's worth getting up in arms about this. Ain't it? Ain't Song of the South? <laughs> you know, I don't think it's worth getting up in arms about and banning or any of that nonsense. Um, well, I mean, they but, cut out the most racist line because of that, uh, and, uh, and they made the and they gave and they gave the princess a makeover. She wasn't. She didn't need to be rescued every five seconds, and they gave her a personality. And I thought Will Smith delivered. Uh, I really think it was a little too soon after Robin Williams' passing to do it. But 
obviously the world disagreed because this movie made over a billion dollars. So let's get to the numbers. Um, production was $183 million and, you know, probably another 150 for marketing. So gross was a billion, 35, give or take a million or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, two third, two, about half of that is from foreign. So domestically, it made about 350 and foreign, it made 680. So that's almost double. So foreign people um, outside the U.S. Uh, specifically was the the main uh people that wanted to watch this so well it does seem to have like more bollywood influences than than most uh, american-made movies mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it had great musical numbers and like i said when will smith was being will smith and not trying to channel robin williams he's shown in this uh so i'm pretty sure there's going to be a sequel to this Actually, I did hear that they're thinking about it. Um, they're thinking about doing the direct-to-DVD movies, kind of combining some elements of those. Um, so that's actually a really good idea. Um, they don't want to like specifically say, yeah, we're going to make Return of Jafar or um, the one with Aladdin's dad into a movie. But we want to take elements of both of them or a little bit of the show, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, I just think go with Genie. Uh, I mean, the leads in this were eh, they had uh they were not as bad as the leads of uh john carter but they had about as much chemistry well i mean so what's interesting about this is because it's like rooted in the tales of scheherazade there is a lot you could go with this world that doesn't even necessarily root directly into the tale of aladdin or into the the movies that are already made. There's a lot of stories you could still cast uh, the the genie as as a as a tertiary character in many other Scheherazade tales. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Will Smith was a star of this. I mean, they should have called this movie Genie. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think definitely you know making a billion is guaranteed that more Disney remakes are coming. You know, we, we're going to get to another Disney remake and sequels later, but it's definitely guaranteed that, hey, they made a billion off of this. They're pretty happy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one of the things. Is like, even though we complain so much about how Hollywood is bloated with remakes and sequels and, you know, no new content, in the end, it works for them. It makes them money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hollywood's always remade stuff, and every once in a while they knock it out of the park with the remake. Now Aladdin actually had pretty good 3D. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going here. Next up is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, Chris, did you watch this or no? No. I liked it. Um, I liked it enough. Um, Jake, what are your thoughts on Godzilla after a few months? I still liked it. I still think the family plot was uh, unnecessary, and they should have ditched it. Um, yeah, it's basically what you wanted in the first Godzilla, a ton of action. And mm-hmm. this is kind of a weird thing where, it okay, total gross is about $385 million, uh, 100 in domestic. 
275 uh, foreign and production was 170 plus give or take 150 or 100 for um, marketing. So 385 is nothing for this movie. It really should have made so much more. Yeah, it will um, probably scrape by like Detective Pikachu for Warner Brothers uh, in profitability from streaming and other rights and merch. Uh, but this should have been a billion-dollar movie. And if they weren't already making the Kong versus Godzilla, I think it would have killed the franchise, this box office being so low. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm so frustrated because when Toho made this deal, they had just released um, Shin Godzilla, which was a complete reimagination of the a restart of the franchise. And it was the uh, best... Uh, one of the absolute best Godzilla movies released in my lifetime. Uh, it was uh, mesmerizing, and uh, uh, it was just awesome. It was so out of left field. And and then Toho makes a deal with Warner Brothers. I was like going, if you're going to make a deal with an American studio, why didn't you make the deal with Sony, who owns Columbia? If there's any American studio that's going to understand a Japanese property, it will be Sony. Same goes with uh, Pokemon. Why are they going to Warner Brothers, who has shown a, a, a record of traditionally not understanding Japanese properties or Hong Kong properties? And I think the box office shows that um the one thing i kind of remember about godzilla king of the monsters is that the villain was like totally against humanity and i was like you know what i actually kind of think he makes some points <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah charles dance was great uh mm -hmm. i mean there was a lot of stuff in God uh, godzilla king of the monsters uh 2019 because i know there's other Godzilla movies called King of the Monsters. So I'm gonna so the so the kaiju don't at me over that. You can <laughs> at me about other stuff, but hey, I know there's more than one Godzilla movie called King of the Monsters. Now, one thing about this, Jake, I think um, you probably agree with me. Why did they have to make this movie so damn ugly? Yeah, I'm like tired of. Uh, if you're going to spend all this money on special effects, light it well. You don't have to be bright. Uh, just look at what the Russo's brothers did with the last two Avengers movies. How they had things dark, but yet lit in a way that it you could def see enough. Because I know you have it dark to cover up effects. Because nothing looks perfect. You could light it. So you can tell what in the hell is going on. It's just ridiculous. Uh, some so many scenes are, are like raining or dark, or it's just like really ugly color palettes. And it's like, why can't this look beautiful? Why does? And then like they purposely made okay. a lot of the creatures to be like the entire uh, size of the screen. So it's just like, yes, I get the scale, but it's just like it's a little excessive to have like. 
the entire frame be monster, you know? <laughs> yeah, some of this looked like it, it looked like an episode of X Files the way it was shot. I want to talk about a show that looked like it was shot on a GoPro at night. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's keep going here. The next movie is an animated movie from Universal. Um, the Secret Life of Pets 2. Jay, uh, you reviewed it. Uh, Krista, did you watch this? No. Okay, I actually watched this last week. Um, Jake, since you reviewed it, what did you think of Secret Life of Pets 2? Not much. <laughs> yeah, not much. It's okay. It's completely okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mediocre in about every way. And it's... And it, and it's very profitable, so I'm sure I'm going to get stuck reviewing the third one. So I rented this on Redbox on a Blu-ray, and it looks beautiful. It's a very beautiful, colorful animated movie. Um, you know, it just, the one thing that really caught me was, like, how detailed the dog's noses are. They seem to have a lot of uh, close-ups. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, the Oh, the art's gorgeous. A lot of these uh, computer-animated 3D movies are absolutely breathtaking. And they have good character designs. So a Toonhead, you know, is going to get a lot more out of this than just a, a pet lover or a film um, buff. So I like that the, a lot of the movies shot in, like, a dog or a pet's lower perspective, you know. So, uh, you know, the, the three-story element... I feel like it wasn't needed. Like they could have just done one good story instead of three mediocre stories and put them together. Yeah. Um, now let's get the numbers here. Came out on June seventh. Uh, budget eighty million plus a hundred and um, marketing, give or take. Domestic was one hundred and fifty six. Foreign was two hundred and twenty two. So grand total about three seventy eight, which Ain't bad. It ain't bad, but I think Universal wanted a whole lot more out of this. Yeah, but it's uh, but that's uh, they did it cheap enough. That's everybody's going to be whole from this. Plus all the merch, uh, product tie-ins, streaming rights. Yeah, we're going to see a third one. And you gave it a six, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> it, it got it. Only reason it got that high is because I liked Harrison Ford as Rooster. Yeah, it got a point for that. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's not terrible by any means. It's totally you rent it from Redbox and you forget about it a week later or a couple of days later, and it's not terrible while you watch it. It's just mediocre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you use this to babysit your kids. Uh, they're not going to resent you in 10 years. All right. So the next movie is uh, Dark Phoenix. Uh, the last quote-unquote X-Men movie from Fox. We'll see how the uh, the dark the New Mutants is in legal hell. So God knows if that's uh, ever production hell, too, that's ever going to release. Yeah. So Dark Phoenix, everyone seems to hate this movie but me and you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I've been uh, mocked, humiliated, and attempted to shame. But hey, I'm shameless. Uh, 
I like this movie. Bite me. I like it too. I don't get why everyone hated it. My wife liked it too. <laughs> but y'all were hating on it before it came out. <laughs> True. We were. Yeah. Yeah, we were expecting it to be complete junk and we were so maybe our expectations were so low. <laughs> but hey, I expected into the Spider-Verse to be terrible. My you don't I had to I'm surprised my teeth didn't break from my jaw dropping to the ground when I was seeing a perfect 10 on the screen. Uh, Dark Phoenix did not rise to that level, though. But it was still an enjoyable, worthwhile time. Yeah. And, you know, I like this crew. I like that final scene um, on the train. I thought that was fun. And um, mm -hmm. I liked, you know, Fassbender, as always. Yeah, and, and Sophie Turner was great. I mean, this had a lot going for it. Uh, I just thought there was a lot more good than bad to this. I thought it was, this was worlds better than Apocalypse. Yeah, and I like how, okay, I like it, but I also don't like it. Um, Professor Xavier being really creepy. Um, I like that it complicates this character, but it was really creepy and really weird how he uh his behavior in the movie was over the top but I, it was a good character it made sense for the character it was just creepy you know yeah but it also kind of created it helped with magneto's characterization too uh, we needed magneto to not be so bad so to me it worked but yeah. like i said i give this movie a 10 i gave it a 7 yeah, I yeah. gave it a seven two, and I I stand by it. You know, it's not perfect. Uh, definitely yeah. problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think this is going to be one of these movies. Uh, Twenty years from now, the kids are going to look back at their parents and go, "What were you thinking, you idiots? This is a good movie." So we don't know exactly the production budget for it, but um, we know how much it made. It made sixty five. Um, which is really bad in the U.S. and 186 foreign, which is still pretty bad. It's like nothing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've heard rumors from th this movie cost more than 250 million. <sighs> and uh, it was in production hell for a couple years, so it probably is that high. That's part of the re reason we don't have a full budget. So worldwide, it made 250, and a lot of different publications said that this is the stinker of the summer. That Disney's really pissed off that this movie did not make that much money. I kind of agree with Jake that um, it should have been released, you know, in like November or, or December or January. You know, it's not a summer movie. You know. <laughs> yeah, they it, dumped. It seems it. like it seems like. Uh, the poster should be a poster for Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they dumped this movie in the summer. Uh, they didn't call it X-Men. They marketed this even worse than John Carter. Um, and they were stunned that they made no money. I'm like, oh, you protest too much. This was you dumped this as a tax write-off, and and they have and they spoiled it in the trailer. Trailers, yeah, you spoiled it. Uh, 
you everybody knew it was coming to an end so it's like no stakes uh this was a tax write-off because they're gonna because they have four billion dollar movies that came out in the summer now, Krista, it's funny that you mentioned Captain Marvel because this movie has a lot of similarities to Captain Marvel. And um, it's I think that ending was changed because of Captain Marvel um, came out. Um, so there's there's some similarities here. And some of the aliens in Captain Marvel were probably supposed to be um, the same aliens in Dark Phoenix. But, you know, it's just kind of a weird thing where it has some similarities there. Um, I think you would find it interesting um, watching it, uh, Krista. Okay. The thing I find just... Uh, I can't follow X-Men at all. Like, Avengers, I at least have some idea what's going on. X-Men, I have no clue. I watched an entire X-Men movie, and I couldn't tell you anything about what happened. What was the last one you watched? Um... It was the one where Quicksilver was trying to tell Magneto he was his dad. So that was Apocalypse. So that was a second. So you actually could watch Dark Phoenix and you would get what's going on. um, Because it's the sequel to that one. And um, it's pretty self-contained, actually. Ah, I would watch First Class. I would skip uh, the earlier ones. Uh, First Class is kind of like a reboot. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and Vaughn did just such a great job. Uh, in fact, uh, I've just I've noticed this trend. Uh, I think Hollywood might want to stay away from big train scenes in movies because it seems like Dark Phoenix Solo. It seems like audiences don't want to see action set pieces set on trains. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I still think that it's pretty self-contained that you could you could watch this and I think you'll understand what's going on. Um, yeah. So next up here is Men in Black International. <sighs> Ooh, almost a bit as a big a bomb as Dark Phoenix turned out to be. This is like such a disappointment to me. I wanted it to be good so badly, and it just failed to deliver so much. Like it had all the ingredients to be a good movie and it somehow still completely flopped. Yeah, this is a classic example of an old fart producer who has rights to an old franchise and uh, is uh, swinging his dick around. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, because, like, what you told me about, like, you know, they had an immigration plot in it and that like the producer like like blocked it and made sure that didn't get into the final cut like uh-huh like, like yeah. the reason this script is so horrible is because there were so many changes so many people fighting about it it just the script is what you need to make a good movie like you had good leads, you had a good franchise, you had so much potential here, and you ruined it because you butchered the script. And, like, if you butcher mm-hmm. the script at the end of the day, you cannot make a good movie if you don't have a solid script. <sighs> yeah. Sony, you just slit your own throat, and you just killed one of your most valued properties. 
So let's get some numbers here. Uh, production was about 110 million. To the domestic gross 79 million. Foreign, oh God! Foreign gross yeah. 173 for a total of 252, which means it is a stinker with the box office. Yeah. It even with. Merch and everything else, this will not turn a profit. For those for those who don't are listening and maybe don't know, anything under a hundred million for as big a movie as this, it didn't make a profit. It flopped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this movie needed to make at least three hundred and fifty million to break even. And did it make? You know, it's uh, yeah. And the word of mouth is negative. You know, I still like it. I, I, I like it. It has problems. Um, you know. I mean, it was a passable movie, but it should have been so much better than passable. Yeah. If they had uh, did this right, they would have had another billion dollar movie. With the leads, the how beloved this franchise is, instead they just killed it. Like the and only thing, the reason this movie is... The reason this movie is passable to begin with is because it's Men in Black and because Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are just so good actors that they were mm -hmm. able to save the piece of junk that they were given, but they weren't able to save it enough. You still needed it at its core for it to be good, and it wasn't. Yep. And the sad thing is, you know, this kind of gives fuel to... Uh, all of the people that were against it because they're like, um, oh, this is men and women in black. And, you know, oh, they have to have diversity. And, you know, those people that were hating yeah. the movie because of that. And they have now fuel. See, it flopped. You should just have, you know, Will Smith and Tommy Lee forever. And it's just like, you know, this was actually a good opportunity to reboot the franchise. And, you know, it's been a while since Men in Black 3. And, it's sad that this... I mean, is... it's it's definitely not Tessa Thompson's fault here. No one can say it's because Tessa Thompson is a bad actor. She's, like, one of the only good things about this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he almost single-handedly saved uh, the Ghostbusters reboot, but he didn't. But he came damn close. Because that thing was wretched, too. So, yeah, the Men in Black franchise is probably dead in the water for at least 10 more years. And if it does have anything, it may just be comic books. It may just be a game. It's not, probably not going to get another feature-length release anytime soon because it just is such a big flop. And I kind of think they're done, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's sad. It's it's sad because like, it shouldn't have been as bad as it was. And it, it could have been a lot better. And it's just... It's sad. I feel like if you, if you had had a different producer, this would have been a good movie. If you hadn't had... Yeah, if if the old guard had nothing to do with it. But, but a lot it's of these such, contracts... It's such a tragedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these idiots. Uh, mm -hmm, yeah, because uh, Warner Brothers had John Peters for years. Same deal. He was messing up movies left and right. And this is just another jackass like that who who screwed this royally. 
I, re- I, I just want to know what what the original script was like. What this movie was supposed to be. <laughs> because yeah, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth have given a few interviews where they talked about it, and it's heartbreaking. And also, just like seeing how excited that Tessa Thompson was for this movie, and like people ruined it for her. I just uh, she doesn't deserve this. <laughs> So, yeah, a Sony failure here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, so let's go on to the next movie, uh, Toy Story 4, which has made a billion dollars worldwide, came out on June 22nd. Domestic gross, just $420 million, and foreign gross, 579 give or take. Uh, we don't know the budget, but Disney is happy with a billion dollars for Toy Story 4. Uh I don't yeah. think they're going to do Toy Story 5. I don't think so. I I, I mean, right. I already said after Toy Story 3, I don't see a sequel. But, like, after Toy Story 4, I definitely don't see a sequel. Yeah, but uh, I see them trying to make a sequel, just use in name only. I mean, they could easily do something with, like, different characters, but they can't do these... The They can't, they can't do Woody or Buzz or any of the the ones we've come to love. They could easily do something with the same concept, but it's not going to be as big. Now, yeah, yeah. you mentioned that, Krista, that we didn't think Toy Story 4 was going to be made or why it should be made, and I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> so I love I mean, I, I didn't love it, but I liked it. This is a good movie, uh, and, uh, and I love Duke Kaboom. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still had problems with it. I don't think it's the best Toy Story movie, but it's the weakest one of the bunch. But of the summer, like our summer was such trash that this was the one that actually stood out as good. Also, my kitten. For some reason, my I have like a three month old three-month-old kitten and she always climbs into the trash can she loves playing with trash so i've just started calling her forky (laughs) (laughs) so um i listened to a podcast that reviewed this movie after we did our reviews and they mentioned something quite interesting that uh forky is a metaphor for death because he keeps wanting going into the trash and he understands his use is over um, what do you guys think of that idea? I mean, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, I mean, they also, like, they only really reference this as a joke. But at the end, when they're like, why am I alive? I don't know. <laughs> like, they, they reference this really existential question. Yeah. As a joke. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really think um, this blew me away, and it took a while to get to a billion. It definitely took a, a few months, but it got there, mm-hmm. and Disney's happy yeah. with it. You know, so I could see Forky movies, prob- possibly. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, let's keep going here. The next Sony slash Marvel movie. Spider-Man: Far From Home. We both really enjoyed it, right, Jake? Krista, you watched this yet? Yep. No. So budget was one hundred sixty million. 
Domestic gross, $373 million. Foreign gross, 726 And worldwide gross, a little north of a billion. Um, almost a billion and a million, almost, give or take, how much you count it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Yeah, this is Tony's second billion-dollar movie. First being Skyfall. And I can't understand why they're... Why the Bond franchise was taken away from them. So, uh... That was mind-boggling. So, we both really enjoy this movie. It's a really fun, um, continuation of the story. And it sets up a good foundation for after Endgame. The thing is, this movie is gonna really be, um, I think, really... What's a good word? Coveted? Because... This is the last Spider-Man movie from Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, the deal hasn't been made, and it looks like Sony and Marvel are given up. So, um, yeah, that's that's sad. Hopefully, the only hope we've got is Endgame. This movie takes place, because um, this is post-Endgame, uh, five years in the future. So we have a while for them to, for Sony to get its head out of its ass and come to their senses. Yeah. And, and a couple of box office failures to realize that um, they had a good thing and they just messed it up. So, yeah, that's a really good point because um... – Two or three years down the line, you know, it took every, it's about every two years a Spider-Man movie came out, and um, it's okay if another one doesn't come out until 2022, 2023, 2024, you know, if it, there's gonna be enough Marvel movies to come out that you, I definitely want to see the next entry in this Spider-Man, you know, home, quote-unquote, universe, or, you know, series, and I think with time and I think it eventually will get a sequel, and I think Sony and Marvel will figure out some kind of deal and at least give us a decent third movie. And, you know, we, we may see Spider-Man and Venom 2, but we'll see. Yeah. So, next up is The Lion King. Jake, Krista, did you watch this? No. No. So, I'm the only one that watched it. Um, okay, so here's the budget. Uh, we don't know budget. Uh, gross is 482 million. Foreign gross 863. Worldwide 1,346,000,000, give or take a couple million. Um, look, the CG is incredible. About 90% of the time, I actually had no problems with the CG and how the animals looked. Um, I think the problem with this movie is that the original is so great and you know watching this on its own merit i kind of feel like the main voice actors flop and it's just kind of like aladdin where um the main voice actors are just bland and don't have good chemistry and it kills it and timon and pumbaa are the only ones that really bring a lot of life to it they do have some new stuff in here that makes sense but, you know, overall, it's still a good story. It's still a very enjoyable. But 
it's it's one of those things that on its own merits it's good it's fine it's just not anywhere as good as the original i think part of the reason for the voice actor thing is because they weren't looking for voice actors they were looking for big names big stars that could bring in people exactly you're 100 percent right you know beyonce is an amazing artist amazing she's one of the best of probably my life <laughs> um not gonna take away her musical talent but as an actress on you know voice acting she did bad it, it didn't work it's just like reading lines you know and, and you need more than that i mean this isn't even her first role as a voice actress she was an epic epic completely flopped yeah Sounds like she needs to go back to live acting because she was great in Austin, in Austin Powers sequel. <laughs> so this over a billion dollars, Disney's very happy. Second remake this year to make over a billion um, and Toy Story making over a billion. Disney is very, very happy with this year, except for Dark Phoenix <laughs> and except for Dumbo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Disney yeah. owns like 50% of all media. Disney can't fail. I think they own more than 50%. <laughs> yeah. They they pretty much sucked up the summer, summer box office. Because if you look at these 3D movies, uh, yeah, I'm sitting here going, four 3D movies made over a billion dollars. So don't tell me 3D is dead. So uh, let's uh, keep going here. Um, the next movie is an uh, August release. Uh, the Angry Birds Movie 2, um, which had a budget of $65 million and has a domestic gross of about 5 Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, even though it's a good movie, I couldn't expect more than that because uh, no the, one cares. Uh, the current numbers on it are 38 million. Yeah. And the foreign is 66 for a worldwide total of 104. Thank you for the correction, Jack. Million. Okay. And it's a bomb. I mean, it was a good movie, but like no one no one asked for an Angry Birds movie. No one cares about Angry Birds. So like I don't know what they expected. Yeah. Like if, if this movie had been like the exact same plot but like different like like different characters like if it wasn't actually rooted in the Angry Birds franchise and it was just completely new characters I argue it would arguably arguably have done better. Yeah. Uh this is on um this is why Sony uh, this is why it is so frustrating about Spider-Man and Sony. Mm-hmm. Because they had a good movie on their hands and they couldn't they mark I mean they're they're marketing worse than Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, here's some fun numbers that um I got right now. So the Angry Birds original movie opened at thirty-eight million, and so far, the entire domestic gross is thirty-eight million of the sequel. That's horrible. You're kidding. That's horrible. Yeah. So basically, they didn't make any money past the 
Yeah. And you know, you know what's really sad is that this was the movie besides Neza, which had the most people in the audience when I went to see it. I guess that was all the people that went to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a bunch of little kids. And little kids are little kids will drag their parents, but like their parents aren't gonna be like, hey, you know what you should see? The Angry Birds movie. Like, at best, it's a joke that people tell each other. Even though I fully admit it was a good movie, it just doesn't matter on a cultural scale. No one cares. Yeah. Uh, Does anybody have uh, Angry Birds apps on their phones anymore? Yeah, people, if it was Fortnite, maybe that would be a, a big movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a Fortnite movie. Uh, let's hope Sony's not doing that. <laughs> I mean, is it just like, what is Sony's deal? Sony seems like it just like sucks up all the worst possible ideas and it like makes something passable out of them. Except like Spider-Verse is its own thing, but all its other movies are trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God knows what's going to happen with 21 Jump Street. I like those movies. <laughs> I know, but Lord and Miller has this deal with Sony now. What in the hell are they going to be able to make? Wasn't there like a rumor back in the day that the 21 Jump Street was going to be I have a crossover with the Men in Black? That would have been fun. Yeah, Lord and Miller were going to do it too. And it got squashed by the same jackass who um, messed up International. That's the story going around. Who knows? Uh, I'm just so over it. Um, Sony, yeah, Sony needs to go back into the gaming business and sell Columbia to some other mobsters or something. So they can go back to being uh, a real studio. Well, actually, Columbia never was a real studio. So, yeah, when the movie Angry Birds 2 opens in fourth, and it's barely fourth, that's a bad sign. The sequel should be opening number one. You know, at least number two if it's really crowded. And it's made, you know, it's made $100 million, but it should have made that the first weekend. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And... Yeah, it was technically, you know, it's it's probably going to barely scratch the surface of a profit, but I kind of think this is probably the end of Angry Birds movies. If they'll have TV specials or something, but they won't have full, I don't think they'll have another movie movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd oh, be I... surprised if there was, a, like, this felt like more like a made-for-TV movie. This did not feel like a movie that needed a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, like, shaking... Yeah, Sony, we're just shaking our heads at you. You should just rename your studio Trainwreck. <laughs> so we got one more movie, um, which we were not expecting, but it came to us anyway. And uh, what's that movie called, Krista? Okay, this is called Neza. I am not sure if it's if I'm pronouncing that right, because it is a Chinese name. So I'm sorry to anyone who speaks Chinese. Um, but... Uh, I love this movie so much. This movie um, in China is super popular. It's like the highest grossing animated movie in China of all time. It made a huge impact on China. And then they released it in the U.S. like a couple 
what is it, a couple months later, they released it in the U.S., uh, just like the tail end of summer. And I got the chance to see it in 3D, and it's just so gorgeous. So, yeah, it's, it's a one hell of a way to end the summer <laughs> with uh, your movie there, mm-hmm. Nesta. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think it's going to have a huge reach in the U.S. I think it's going to be, like, a niche kind of interest. Like, 3D buffs will go see it, and, like, people who are, you know, there were a lot of Chinese Americans in the audience, like, people who know about Chinese culture, I love this movie for sure, you know, all the weeaboos, probably, (laughs) Um, but, you know, I don't think it's going to be that big in the U.S., but I think, you know, in China, this, like, this, like, broke the box office in China, like, every Chinese metric was, like, Neza, like it beat Endgame in in China. It beat like everything. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's it's a huge movie in China, and it's you know it did decently. Um, I don't know the numbers because it just came out last week. I think it was right officially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, the IMAX 3D release just came out, and then now it's the wide release, but wide like one theater in forty miles wide. <laughs> And, yeah. yeah, and none of them are 3D. They pulled the 3D. So, Why? Uh, I, yeah. It's they so pulled, good yeah, in 3D. It is so good. They Hobbs and shot us. <sighs> people don't, like, I hate people. Okay, whatever. People don't understand. Like, this is, like, the example of good 3D. You can't judge 3D based off of bad 3D. You have to judge 3D based off off of the merits of good 3D. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. So I am going to wait for a Hong Kong 3D Blu-ray instead of giving uh, awarding a theater more money than, a, than that disc would cost and not getting the 3D I want and that this movie awesomely delivers. So I will patiently wait my disc release. You did mention another movie, Hobbs and Shaw. So that was not originally in our list of 3D summer preview, but then it got added, but then it didn't. So can you recap that whole mess quickly? Uh, they kicked... Th- we Universal basically kicked our teeth in uh, with 3D yet again. I'm looking at you about the Revenge of the Creature blu-ray that you only put out in 720 where's my replacement disc i've been waiting for months basically um they just put out ads promoting hobbs and shaw in 3d with no announcements and then without saying anything didn't have the prints offered in the u.s and most other markets, only a few markets like Manila. I don't know what's going on, and I'm very angry about it. Almost just, as I'm almost, yeah, I'm almost as mad at Universal as I am at Sony. I just hate like all the politics of like executives and like all the politics that like people who don't understand three. 3D get to make decisions about 3D movies when they clearly don't have any idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this movie looked like it was shot to take 3D into consideration. Mm-hmm. Well, like, at the end of the day, like, 3D, 
I just feel so sad for the state of 3D because the if any reason the reason 3D is quote unquote dying is because executives have their heads up their asses and because like um yeah <sighs> it's just very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it also doesn't help that theaters uh uh you would think with what tickets cost that movie theaters would give a damn about their presentation. And most of them don't. So, getting back to uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, the budget was about $200 million plus advertising, and it's made $700 million worldwide, $164 domestic, $555 million foreign, and the uh, Fast and Furious franchise keeps on doing hits, and uh, this was yeah, a big hit. Yeah, it's chugging away. It will eventually be profitable, probably, but it's, uh, and I think if they'd released this in 3D, they would, it would already be in profit. So, Jake, you watched the Hobbs and Shaw. How would you think of it? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I haven't seen any of the other Fast and Furious movies and have no interest in them, but, uh, this was a great, this was, this was basically a cartoon superhero movie without superheroes. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I would I I recommend it even without the 3D, but just don't pay a whole lot for this muffler, you know. Because um, I'm just hoping this gets a 3D release. I liked it enough. If this got a a, a, a 3D release anywhere in the world, I'd pick it up. So, what was your uh, favorite movie? Your the best movie of the summer of 2019, 3D wise and movie wise, Jake. Uh, 3D-wise, I would say, uh, Endgame. Okay. Movie-wise, um, it's a tie between James Jarmus's uh, The Dead Don't Die, and Ari Oster's, uh, Midsummer. Okay, from the 3D movies that we listed, we talked about, which of those 3D movies you like the most? Uh, Spider-Man, um, Far From Home. Okay, what's your biggest surprise this year, this summer? <laughs> uh, Hobbs and Shaw, and not a good one, I might add. Having getting three D, then having it pulled away from me. I was not expecting that. So, Krista, what's uh, your favorite movie this summer? Neza, like all the way, I loved it. <laughs> what's your biggest surprise this summer? Biggest surprise was how horrible Men in Black was. Okay. Um, what 2D movie do you think you really enjoyed? I've just been seeing all the 3D movies, honestly. <laughs> all right. So for me, my movie of the summer is Toy Story 4. I, I was blown away by it. I love it. Um, I think the biggest surprise has to be the Spider-Man controversy. Um, I did not see that coming. And it's just sad. You know, it's just... I was gonna say Dark Phoenix, but I kind of saw that coming with people thinking it was gonna fail. But I was never expecting Spider-Man from leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that drama. So that's a big surprise um, for 2D movies. Oh man, I don't even know um, anything I've really watched um, that I really 
loved. So the only 2D movie I've seen recently was a made-for-TV movie, the Steven Universe movie. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to mention about the summer overall, 2019? Man, people need to be going to the theaters. Like, no one is going to movie theaters. Like, opening weekends of, in like, big movies that have been marketed a lot have, like, five people in the opening matinee. What the hell? Yeah, go see Ready or Not. It's good. I give it a 9 out of 10. So... 2D movie-wise, I mean, the only movie that I did see that wasn't 3D was The Farewell, which is, like, a interesting uh, movie about a family and one of the family members having cancer and they don't want to tell her she has cancer because it's part of a Chinese culture not to. It's a good movie. Yeah, based on a true lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it uh, with some coworkers, and it was good for what it was. I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, Aquafina was great in that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't go to the theater to see it, but I did enjoy it when I watched it. So that's something. At the at the front of Neza, there was a bunch of Chinese trailers that I hadn't never heard of any of these movies before, but it was interesting to see trailers in Chinese. So, yeah, um, it was actually kind of funny. Like, two weeks ago, I was thinking about seeing the movie just for the heck of it, and I, I couldn't decide. I probably should have gone to see um, uh, Ready or Not. That looks pretty fun. And Jake, you really like it, right? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Go see it. So, yeah. Um, but I guess that's going to be it for the summer overall overview um, it's a it's an interesting summer, uh, you know. Never would have guessed Godzilla be you know a disappointment, and um, yeah, this is it's so many. If it wasn't Disney, it didn't make much money, and it's you know it's sad. Yeah, this is what happens when you let a studio get a monopoly. Like I was really wanting to see it chapter two, but when it's three hours long, I was like, no, nah, I don't think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> All right, I guess that's it for us. All right, before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have a one patron, which is David from Spain, and I want to thank you for your financial support. All right, so that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon, and the link is in the description. Uh, thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone.